think Germans tend to be a bit fixed in their way of doing things. They're not very flexible. You know, if it works, they stick to it. So I would encourage a certain level of openness and tolerance. Just, you know, give these people a chance to show what they can. I mean, because what they can might be different from what you're used to. Just be a bit open. And I'm not a huge fan of the word tolerant, but, you know, just be a bit open. Let's put it that way. Hello and welcome to Inside Deutschland, your guide to careers in Germany. This podcast provides you with insight into working in Germany and covers topics such as the do's and don'ts for job interviews, pitfalls to avoid in communicating with employers and colleagues, and how to navigate opportunities and challenges across the German labor market. I am your host, Jessica Schuler, a Germany-focused career coach, trainer, and international educator. As part of the Inside Deutschland podcast, I will be interviewing people from all across the globe who have been successful in Germany so that you can learn from their experiences and expertise. To find out more about diversity in Germany and working in intercultural teams, I invited two standout guests to today's show. You already heard from the first one, DAAD alum Bunya Ngene. As a language and culture expert, Bunye will share some of his secrets to intercultural communication with us. Before we hear from Bunye's experiences, Ola Jongerius will give us insight into how diversity, equity, and inclusion are handled in the German work culture. Ola is a diversity, equity, and inclusion trainer based in Berlin. She was born in Moscow, raised in New Zealand, and educated in Spain and Germany. So she knows quite well what being an international and working in intercultural teams means. Her own experience has influenced her founding the DEI consultancy Beamreach Inclusion. DEI stands for Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion. And you're going to hear these three letters, DEI, quite often in my conversation with Ola. So with Beamreach Inclusion, your company... You have really fascinating learning materials and, and videos that can be used for individuals as well as for universities and organizations on your website. And they're, you know, re- not only related to DEI, but like specifically to DEI in Germany. And so I was wondering if you could share a bit about how or to what extent DEI concepts change depending on the country. DEI, from my perspective, is a very, very local topic. DI history in U.S. is very, very different. And the reasons DI is embraced in U.S. is also very, very different why it's embraced in Germany. So the reason DI topic even started, it was in 60s in U.S. because of the, the changes in the legal system when it comes to people who are Black. Yeah, so it was all the protection mechanism, affinity actions and affirmative actions. In Germany, the conversation only started being a little bit more mature since 2020, summer of 2020, when George Floyd was murdered in the U.S. So Black Lives Matter movement started in Europe, started in Germany, and a lot more people started embracing and even thinking about the topic. So when you think about diversity inclusion in Germany, we need to think about the political system. We need to think about legal system. We need to think about history. We need to think about what are the demographics and what are the needs of the country. So due to this, um, quite often I warn some of my clients saying, okay, you you don't have to work with me, but please, please, please work someone who understands your context. Fascinating. So 
if you're talking, let's say, not to an organization or university, but to an individual who's coming to Germany from abroad, what are things that they need to know about how DEI is managed or, or not managed in the German context? And, and what do they need to prepare for? Um, when I think about DEI in the workplace in Germany, I would separate it corporate, Mittelstand and startups. I think they have very, very different understanding of DEI or even awareness <laughs> if it exists as well as different mechanisms and expectations. So if you if you work in a startup, there is a bit of expectation for you to embrace DEI, for you to tolerate certain groups and embrace certain groups and not to say certain things. When it comes to Mittelstadt companies, I would say it's not there yet because it's a lot more conservative, it's a lot more German. Uh, there is a lot less diversity there per se, whether it's a religious, cultural uh, or age diversity. When it comes to corporates, I see there is a lot more greenwashing, pinkwashing, whatever you call it. So it's more about employer branding and that they have to do it. Uh, I see that startups are a lot more up there because the reason why organizations embrace DI now, there is a lot of pressure from employees, first of all, and especially from younger generation, because you expect, even as a German, when you join a startup, you expect it to be international. And I heard so many people saying, if I join a startup, I will be just bored if I work with Germans who went through the same university at the same age, because it's not as interesting, uh, especially when you live in a big city, because that's how you learn from different perspectives. So a lot of organizations even do the check when it comes to what do you think of DI. Uh, and I know personally, several organizations ended up firing or not hiring certain people who said, well, I don't really understand all this LGBTQA+, plus. I don't really like it, that's not my thing. So that could also be a filter for some organizations for you to not get a job or for you to lose a job if you have some sort of inappropriate comments towards certain groups. As well, there is a lot of uh, communities, so it's ERG groups, uh, so affinity groups, for example, uh, women-only group, uh, black uh, or BIPOC groups, or LGBTQIA plus groups. So it's a smaller groups where people have a psychological safety and they can uh, support each other and uh, share the feelings and share the experiences and maybe get additional support to be successful in the workplace. Are there certain things that internationals should be screening for in the application process in their kind of interviewing the companies, right? If they're thinking about, do I really want to work there? Um, will I fit in? Will I be comfortable? Will I be welcomed? What should, what should they be looking for? So first of all, you look at people who work there. If you see that it's extremely homogeneous, they're people, they're just clones, <laughs> you know? So it's very likely that the company is not up there. If you look at leadership in the same age, the same, you know, university, background, whatever not. So you just look at representation first, and then you also could look at social media and see if there is anything that the company mentioned about diversity inclusion. And you also look into whether they have any posts related uh, to diversity inclusion. It could also be on a, on a career page. First of all, they have to have to say that we appreciate diversity inclusion, we embrace it. If they don't have it, this is kind of like the bare minimum that they have to have that it's uh, equal employment opportunities in our organization. If they have a diversity page, that's a very, very good sign that they actually already think about it, that uh, hopefully it's a part of the strategy uh, and there are some mechanisms going on there. Other things I recommend looking into 
it's uh, interview. It's if if the process, who interviews you. So if you're already in the interview process, if you also look at people that are very very similar, so they look <laughs> they look like clones. Mm, that could be a little bit of a sign that the company's up then not not there yet. Uh, the biggest thing you can do is just to ask. So the interview process should be equal. So it's not the company interviewing you, but you're interviewing the company. So don't be afraid to just ask a question. What have you done regarding diversity inclusion? What are your plans? And how do you see the aspect of diversity inclusion benefits your company uh, from a, as a business case? And see whether HR team or recruitment or whoever interviews you can answer this question. If they're starting to make things up, that means they don't really know what they're doing yet. But, you know, everybody has good intentions. It's also about whether those intentions actually become plan and strategy. Right. Intention versus impact, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. So once someone has screened and they, they feel like the company is a good fit and they get on the job and then they realize mm, maybe not the best fit, maybe they're starting to experience some discrimination, what would you recommend they, they think about doing, who they should talk to, et cetera? Good companies who thought it through, they usually have a specific process. It's either part of their code of conduct or part of the diversity inclusion policy. If there is none of that, I recommend directly talking to HR. So first of all, you need to address it with the person. You want to you mitigate the risk uh, for both of you and um, just to have a conversation, whether it has been misunderstanding from their side or from your side, uh, try to not go through legal straight away. If there is no way that the person accepts that and that does not understand or does not want to accept that has been a discrimination case or they see that they have a right to say such thing that you find offensive, then I would say go to HR, uh, go to your people and culture team and address the topic directly. And they usually have a specific process or they have a mediator um, or they can become a mediator themselves to be able to sort out the situation. If there is something that you feel very uncomfortable sharing and you don't really know the process, some companies have a whistleblower um, channel. Uh, so it's an anonymous channel where you submit the situation and there's usually an external person that looks into that and there's like a chat with the person that tells you directly what to do. If there is something very, very severe, that's when it becomes a legal process. Uh, in Germany, there is also a code of conduct when it comes to diversity inclusion, and all companies have to follow that. And the umbrella organization for that is the Federal Anti-Discrimination Agency, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. So we've talked a bit about DEI and kind of discrimination in the workplace and working a bit um, across cultures. I'm just curious if you have any advice for internationals who are working in, in very, very international teams where we're not just talking about a German international dynamic or being the only international on the team, but where we have maybe people of multiple nationalities on one team. What advice would you have for those internationals? I would say open up your mind because working in diverse teams, it's very challenging for everyone. My first recommendation will be get to know your own culture. Fish doesn't see water. So get to know where you are at at the moment, what drives you, what kind of feedback do you like to give and to receive? Uh, do you have implicit or explicit communication style? Are you conflict avoiding person on someone who really like to raise the topic straight away? Are you more of a autocratic manager and leader or is more funny consensus, trying to understand yourself first and then see what could be the danger zones when it comes to working with others. 
try to understand maybe general communication-specific cultures. Not to generalize, but to say that specific cultures are more direct than others. And for you to be able to predict if you work with a specific person, how are they likely to respond? So for you, who, I mean, who needs to adapt when it comes to intercultural communication? I would say the smartest person needs to adapt. I mean, in a perfect world, both people adapt. But if you, you feel that you're more intelligent, if you feel that you can do that, you adapt yourself. And I think that's what emotional intelligence is. Um, read the book called Culture Map. I think it's more or less like a Bible for intercultural communication. It's nothing new about this book. It's been research of communication that's been done through the 70s, uh, from Hofstad and so on and so forth. They kind of put all the things together. But it's a very, very good and easy read for everyone to understand where they're at. Uh, be patient, <laughs> because working in the cultural teams requires a lot of patience. So diversity is a fact. We are all different, but inclusion is a choice. And inclusion is managed diversity. So make sure that you have difficult conversation because uh, inclusion is difficult conversation. We can only embrace different perspectives and different aspects and different diversity of thought only if you have difficult conversations. So diversity by itself is not really anything until you make this choice and open up your mind. That is incredibly insightful. Thank you so much. It was great to have you as a guest today. So thank you for your time. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. And feel free to reach out uh, anyone who's listening if you have any questions. I'm happy to support anytime. Working in intercultural teams can not only be rewarding on a personal level, but a McKinsey study from 2020 showed that ethnically and culturally diverse companies outperform homogeneous companies in terms of profitability by 36%. And while many German companies have taken action to provide a DEI-conscious workplace, some companies are not quite there yet, like Ola mentioned. We will include a link to Ola's book recommendation in the show notes, along with several other resources pertaining to DEI in Germany. One person who has a lot of experience with intercultural communication and working in diverse teams is Bunye Ngene. He grew up in Lagos, Nigeria, studied German at the University of Ibadan, and worked for the Goethe Institute. Equipped with the DAAD scholarship, he took part in a German course at the University of Cologne after his bachelor's degree. He later moved to Munich for a master's degree in German as a foreign language at the Ludwig Maximilian University. His debut novel was published in 2020 in English, entitled The Bodies That Move, and in May 2023 in German, entitled Die Körper, die sich bewegen. His novel was a finalist at the Next Generation Indie Book Awards in 2021 and a semi-finalist in the category General Fiction at the Book Life Prize 2021. He is currently writing another book in German, while he also teaches German as a foreign language in Munich. Can you tell us a little bit about your career journey to Germany? Yeah, so I mean, like you already mentioned, Jessica, I studied German in Nigeria and then moved to Munich in 2012 for a master's degree. Now, before coming to Munich, I worked at the Goethe Institute in Lagos, so I already had some exposure to the German working culture in Lagos before coming to Munich, to Germany. 
Uh, now, during my studies, I worked as a student, which is something I would recommend to a lot of international students, you know, so don't wait until you finish your studies before you start working. You can do that as a student, which on the first part is easier. It's easier to get a job as a student than as a graduate. And secondly, it exposes you to the German work culture without the stress that comes with being a graduate, you know, so there isn't much expectations from you. You can just take it easy and learn how things are done in Germany. So I think that's basically it. And then afterwards, once I graduated, I worked mainly as a German language teacher. Most of the time I was a freelancer, which was personally for me a very good idea because it gave me the freedom to organize my working hours more flexibly. And I also had the chance to write my books on the side as well, you know, so that was something that really helped a lot. I was mainly a freelancer, but I also worked as a paid staff in different projects, uh, mainly in the fields of migration, integration, and just, you know, helping people who move to this country in a much easier way. On your website, you have a short story that I read a couple of weeks ago as I was preparing for this interview, and it stuck with me. The story is about your experience gaining German citizenship, which congratulations, by the way, it's very exciting. Thank you. I'm jealous. Um, <laughs> and the process that you describe in the short story is about actually picking up that confirmation or that piece of paper that's where it states yeah. that you're the citizen now of this country. It's very rich in detail and detail that it's provided in, in a case where it's a seemingly kind of banal I don't know, just administrative life experience, but you put such yeah. colorful description into it. And it immediately took me back to all of the offices that I've sat in over the <laughs> years, too, all yeah. of the Ausländerbehörden yeah, I've the been German to, and how <laughs> sitting there, you really are, you know, you, you sometimes are forced to think like, okay, how did I end up in this like office with no windows and green chairs and this exactly, ticket? Yeah. With the numbers <laughs> and all these tickets, yeah. <laughs> I know the feeling. <laughs> So I'm just curious, you know, in reading this this essay, I was really wondering what your most memorable memory or moment uh, was when you first arrived in Germany. And this is not necessarily just related to working in Germany, right? Just in general. Yeah. The very first time I came to Germany was 2007. I came for a language course for a few weeks in Cologne. And I think the biggest shock I had was just seeing women smoking and drinking in public in broad daylight because I wasn't used to seeing that coming from Nigeria and not just seeing that but realizing that these people weren't morally compromised in any way which is something you get in a lot of cultures in Nigeria for example you know so a woman who smokes or drinks in public is perceived in a certain way so it's not just about her health it's her morals that's called into question so for me, that was stuff like the, I remember that being just a huge shock seeing just seeing women smoking and drinking, like just having fun with their friends and just relaxing and no one, you know, judging them for that. I think that was something that really stuck with me. Every other thing was familiar. And I think it had to do with the fact that I already had a bachelor's degree in German. So I was familiar with the culture, the history, the language. But those pictures of women just relaxing, having fun, that was a, a bit of a shock to me, I would say. It's so interesting that you say that because a lot of times when I ask people that question, they bring up not, nothing related to work, right? They bring up the social experience of living in Germany, which is a whole nother culture of shock. <laughs> it is, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so as someone who has experienced working in both Nigerian and German contexts, what advice would you give individuals from diverse backgrounds? entering the German workforce for the first time? 
I would say ask questions. If you don't know anything, just ask. Uh, Germans are very open and forthcoming in professional settings. You know, if you if there's anything you don't understand, just ask straightforward. And you know, always someone who's willing to answer your questions and observe. You know, I think there are things you can learn just by watching how Germans walk, how they um, approach things, how they approach problems. And I think that's the best way to, you know, learn things by observing, by asking questions as well. I'm just curious, have you encountered personally any challenges working in Germany on the job? And if so, how did you deal with those difficulties? In regards to racism and discrimination, I would have to say no, not at the workplace. I think most of the unpleasant experiences I've had have always been outside of the workplace, you know. So I've been fortunate in that regard because I know that doesn't apply to every Black person in Germany. But yeah, it's usually been outside of the workplace but otherwise, um, no, I wouldn't say I have much issues or much problem, you know, working in Germany. And I think that has to do with the fact that I already had work experience with a German organization in Nigeria, you know, the Goethe Institute. So I was sort of familiar with certain things. So there wasn't much of a, yeah, let's say professional culture shock in that regard. No, not so much. Thank you. So to what extent have you encountered maybe outside of the workplace any stereotypes or misconceptions about Nigeria or Nigerian people? I've had a few experiences, but I think it, it wasn't so much misconceptions about Africa as, as there were misconceptions about Africa as a continent. Because I think that has to do with the fact that most Germans can't differentiate between Nigeria and Zambia, for example. You know, so it's all about Africa mainly. And I think it's... Um, I think that's the presumption of ignorance when it comes to black people. There's into Africa, it's not just black people, but Africans in, in particular. I think there's just that assumption that we don't know stuff. <laughs> and I'm not just talking about, you know, things that are specific to certain countries, but just general things that people know, you know, I would say anyone who's had some level of education would know. But when it comes to Africans, there's just a presumption that we don't know it. So there's a bit of that surprise and shock when we know things <laughs> that I would think, of course, we should know these things, you know, but there's always that uh, element of surprise on the German part. But I think I don't think it's all in German. I think you have that over the West, you know, Europe, the States as well, you know. So, yeah, I've, I've, I've had more, a bit of those experiences here. Now, what advice would you give to employers, supervisors or colleagues to create more inclusive and supportive work environments for, for individuals like those in your class who are coming from very, very diverse backgrounds? Uh, I would suggest just realizing that there are different approaches to a problem, you know, just being open to different ways of tackling issues, you know, as long as it gets the job done, you know. I think uh, Germans tend to be a bit fixed in their way of doing things. They're not very flexible. You know, if it works, they stick to it. So I would encourage a certain level of openness and tolerance. Just, you know, give these people a chance to show what they can. I mean, because what they can might be different from what you're used to. Just be a bit open. And I'm not a huge fan of the word tolerant, but, you know, just be a bit open. Let's put it that way. And I feel like a few intercultural seminars wouldn't hurt either. You know, offer intercultural seminars and workshops, a chance to exchange ideas and, you know, cultural perspectives. I think those are two things that might help. Absolutely. Thank you. And as you know, a lot of times in Germany, we're not just working with Germans. <laughs> right? We're working with people from across the globe, oftentimes in, in one team or in one department. 
And I'm sure you've had experiences with that as well. I'm curious if you have any advice for other internationals who, you know, they already have the hurdle of figuring out German work culture, and then they might have colleagues from across the globe. What type of insight can you share with them? Uh, I would probably say look for common ground. Look for what you have in common, because, I mean, you, we have enough differences as it is, but there's always something that connects us. When it comes to work, it's, uh, uh, you know, attaining the project goals. You know, there's always a project, there's a project goal. So your main aim should be to look for common ground and use that as a way to attain those goals. Uh, I think that should always be the ultimate um, intention, I would say. Look for common goals. <laughs> I think that's great advice in general to find some common ground and some human connection. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. There's always a human connection somewhere, you know. Yeah. Well, thank you, Bunya, for spending time with us today, for sharing your experiences. You are a fascinating individual. I look forward to reading your upcoming books that are in the works. And I'm sure our listeners will gain a lot from, from hearing about your experiences today on the episode. So thank you for your time. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me, Jessica. So after talking to Bunya and Ola, here are the top three tips from our conversations. First, when applying and interviewing for jobs in Germany, do your research into questions and topics such as, what is the company doing to support international employees? And what are they doing to support diversity and inclusion? Use your interview to ask these questions. And remember that the interview process should be a chance for you to interview them too, like Ola said. Second, be curious and ask questions about the new culture you're in and try to be open to any differences you see. If there's something you do not understand, just ask. Third, if you experience any conflict or discrimination, please reach out for help. You have protections and rights in Germany and know that you are not alone. Resources will be listed in the show notes. Even if your company doesn't have specific protocols in place, in the German working world, the General Act on Equal Treatment, or the AGG for short, provides comprehensive protection against discrimination on the grounds of ethnic origin, gender, religion or belief, disability, age, or sexual orientation. Protection against discrimination includes the entire application procedure, as well as promotions, working conditions, dismissals, and company pension schemes. The German Federal Anti-Discrimination Agency provides you with confidential counseling free of charge. It can also help you find a counseling center close to where you live. Again here, we'll put links in the show notes. In the next episode, we're going to be talking about the future of the German labor market, including trends, developments, and challenges. Until then, thanks for listening. My name is Jessica Schuler, and this is Inside Deutschland, your guide to careers in Germany. Do you have any questions related to working and careers in Germany? You can submit them to the Alumni Portal, and we may address them on a future episode of the show. Check the show notes for a link to the contact form. Is there a German word that comes to mind when you think about living, working, studying in Germany that's maybe your favorite word? Yes, and that would be Gewöhnungsbedürftig. <laughs> it's a German word that loosely translates to um, like something requires getting used to, you know, and I like it because there's something diplomatic about it, you know. So if you think something is crap, <laughs> and you don't want to say it's crap, you just say it's Gewöhnungsbedürftig. It's like, you know, I, I need to get used to it. So it's not the thing's fault that you have a problem with it. It's more of your fault, you know, so you just have to get used to that thing. 
And I think that's why I like it. Just like the way it sounds, you know, it sounds quite, um, yeah, nice. Inside Deutschland, Your Guide to Careers in Germany is a podcast brought to you by the Alumni Portal Deutschland. I am your host, Jessica Schuler. Sound design, music, and production by Anne Bergner from Der Apparat Multimedia GmbH. Editing and production by Jessica Schuler, as well as Amelie Berbot and Leonie Klusendorf from Der Apparat Multimedia GmbH.